Hello, ladies and men and non-binary friends. This is Symphony Sit Down, a show where we talk about living life as a millennial musician. I'm Sam Carl. And I'm Tyler Menzel. And we are your hosts. We're both conservatory-trained musicians living in Montana, of all places. Hi, Tyler. I missed you. Oh, I missed you too, Sam. Where were you? You were gone for so long. I know. Now that the symphony season is over, I am enjoying some much-needed relaxation. <laughs> I know. It, I mean, it's it's Memorial Day, so... It is. Um, that was the first time, like, we... If anybody doesn't know how podcasts work sometimes, people do it remotely. And sometimes you don't, you record like eight in a day (laughs) and then you bank them up and then you just release them. So we're, it's, I just haven't done this in a while. So it's nice to be back. I agree. But what else, what else have you been doing? What have you been up to? Give us an update. Oh my goodness. Well, um, <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> no, I've been doing um it's recital season, so I um I teach piano, so my piano students had a recital. I've been um accompanying some students on other recitals. Um I have a job as a church musician and so we were winding up like the music season of the church and we actually did a a performance of the 4A Requiem with oh, that's the entire pretty. orchestra. Yeah. So that was a that was a huge project. Um finishing up the college courses that I was teaching. Um just a lot. That's a see I remember I went to one of your student recitals like a year ago. Think about that. That was a year ago when I came. Was it? Yeah. You were playing piano for some of your students and um uh, other people, I think Norman students were also playing as well. It was in that, um, that it was in an elderly uh, care facility. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. Lauren was there too. Our friend Lauren yes. was there. Yeah. That was a year ago. Think about that. That is crazy. <laughs> oh, so much has happened since then. Um, but yeah, anyways, so what are we talking about today? I think we're talking about money. Money, honey. <laughs> um, that's a Lady Gaga song back in the day, right? Or am I just totally wrong? That's no, that's a Lady Gaga song. I am ashamed to admit that I don't know. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Oh my gosh! See, we're we're part of the older crowd who like knew Lady Gaga like at the beginning, and not right. like the Lady Gaga now. Right. Which is still just as extra, but you know, so it goes. Anyways, <laughs> so we're talking about money, everything about money. And I think, I mean, money is important, like in general for everybody in the world. Yes. But um, <laughs> I think every single job, like when you're a musician, it's like doing your taxes is very different than a person who has like a full time job as a doctor. <laughs> True. So, like, I think there's a lot of, we just have to handle money so differently. And I think it's just like an interesting thing to talk about because, and like disclaimer, both of us are not 
financial experts. <laughs> yes. And you will find that out from this episode. <laughs> but we can still talk about it because it's our podcast and not yours. Um, so. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> so. Um, so where do we start? Where do we start? Let's just start about making money as a musician. So what do you do? What do you do? Because what you do and what I do are different. Right. So just as a musician? Just as a musician. Okay. Um, well, so when I moved to Great Falls, Montana, like almost four years ago, I'm coming up on four years of being here. Um, so when I came here, there was not a position open in the symphony yet, in the flute section. Um, so I immediately started teaching piano lessons. Like I, I put an ad in the local newspaper oh, um, when I first moved to town um, and got quite a few piano students. Um, and then later on down the road, like I, I kind of became known as a pianist in Great Falls, which is odd (laughs) (laughs) you're like no i take it back i take it all back (laughs) but um there is like a severe lack of um church music in great falls and so a lot of churches were needing church organists um and so i literally just kind of one day decided that i was going to be an organist um and have literally been teaching myself how to play organ over the past three years. Uh, um, that's a fun project. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's not, it's not as hard as, well, I, I hate to oversimplify it in case there's an organist who's listening. But um, for me, there's a, there is a lot that transfers over from, uh, from piano to organ. And then there's a lot that doesn't. So, like, for me, I've been working a lot on you know, obviously like pedal technique and just working on understanding, um, registration of organ. Mm. But then, um, so I'd been doing that for a little while and then the principal flute position opened up in Billings. Um, and so I took that audition and won it, which is awesome. So I've been playing now for a couple seasons. And then a little bit after that, um, Great Falls College decided that they wanted to start offering music classes. And so, um, I was contacted by the administration there to to start teaching some of the music courses there. So I teach privately piano and flute now. I teach at the college. I'm a church organist and I play in the Billing Symphony and I also play piccolo here in the Great Falls Symphony. So I've got a I've got quite the music hustle going on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, you do. It's- now what about you? Because you moved here like a year ago. <laughs> a year ago, right? You've had quite the hustle in the yeah. past 12 months. So I, I went through a couple of, like, baby jobs before I got, like, a got real people jobs, like a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also a church choir director. That lasted not that long. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was really fun, and I enjoyed it. But I found somebody who was much more qualified, and I was given another opportunity, so it was just time to go. <laughs> um, but I also did, I'm the exe- I was hired as the executive director of the Billings Youth Orchestra, and I am the, uh, the social media coordinator of Billings Symphony. I also play in the Billings Symphony. I play for Yellowstone Chamber Players. 
and I'm involved with that, and um, which is like a chamber music organization, and which you've played for. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, am I? I teach privately. I'm like I'm missing something. Right, string te- orchestra of the Rockies. String, uh, yeah, I play for string orchestra the Rockies, but I'm like a sub. I'm only there. I'm the like first call <laughs> when they need somebody. But um, so I've done that as well. So I do a bunch of, and I, I do get a lot of gigs for like Art Walk and other like First Friday sort of events downtown. So I yeah. do get to do those um, far, few and far between. There's a couple of groups here that do most of the wedding gigs and most of those types of gigs. So I just kind of, I just, I just stay out of that one for most mm-hmm. of, most, and if somebody asks me to play, I do it, but you know, Yeah. So I definitely, I work for organizations, but then I also am a contractor, basically. Oh, and this next season for the Billings Youth Orchestra, I'm going to be a conductor for one of the orchestras. Yeah. So it's fun. I've been picking music, and I found arrangements of Brahms, um, the Allegro Giocoso from Symphony 4. Um, and it's really cute. It's really cute. And then I found an arrangement of the Allegretto from Beethoven 7. Nice. So like I and they're 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 like you they're so like the kids are exposed to like real music, um, but it isn't like the actual symphony, which a group that I'm not conducting would play the actual like symphony. Sure. So, um, yeah. So it's been fun. <laughs> Anyways, money contracting versus being an employer is something that I think. musicians really have to think about because I think musicians don't realize like when they're gigging or when they're teaching like you don't like you're not uh, taxes are a thing still (laughs) yes yes so I think some people don't like they don't have that in the foreground where they're like oh like I'm not really making blank for an hour I'm Mm. If you like put like if you put it into your like if you use TurboTax or <laughs> anything, um, like you realize very quickly that that money will go away. Oh my goodness! Yes, I have been the recipient of um some grant funding like Ooh, as a yeah. as an individual before, and. Yeah, you are <laughs> you are not given <laughs> grant funding as an employee, so they definitely take at least ten percent out of that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So it, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely it's hard. I don't know how people who only do contracting do it, because um, both of us are employers, right? Yeah, we're both empl- for some yeah. music stuff. Yeah, most of my stuff, I'm most of my music gigs, I'm actually paid um, through a W two. Yeah, same. Um, and the ones that I'm not, I probably don't make enough money for them to report it to the IRS, anyways. Yeah. Um. So like, I don't even think I would be issued a, a ten ninety nine, which is um, like non employee income. Yeah. Sometimes, I think so, I forget like what the like the. The, the the thing is um <laughs> i think the threshold there we go is, is, <laughs> the, the thing. <laughs> is six hundred dollars if you make less than six hundred dollars from from any given organization in a year then um they do not have to report it 
Well, there you go. See, that's something that I didn't know. Good thing I reported one that I made. I, I remember this because it was such an odd number. I made $661. Uh-huh. <laughs> so good yeah, thing I, I did that. Yeah, I do a gig at, um, up at Interlochen every summer, and I get paid 650 And so it's just enough to where I have to file a state of Michigan return. Oh, oh, oh. I hate it. Oh, 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 deal breaker. Oh, that's so bad. I did not know that. Just take the yep. risk. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. And like, I don't know how some people who have, like, my studio is pretty small. I have six regular students and I have three, four that like come and go or, you know, that like try out and then they just don't want to take lessons. So. Yep. So I have like six to 10. I always say I have six to 10 students. Um, but like, so for me, it's like, this is the first time we're like this, this year, because when I first moved here, it was pretty hard to get students for me. Mm-hmm. Um, which it, it, cause it's just like Montana is such a word of mouth place where you need to have like two or three students regularly. And then like after a few months, like people will slowly one by one start realizing that you right. exist. Um, so. Yeah, so I so now like I'm been writing. I have a spreadsheet and I've been writing down like how much money I make through my lessons and blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna suck. Um, <laughs> but doing my taxes on these, and I'm totally still like a a not adult because I use TurboTax. <laughs> hey, whatever gets the job done. I know. Well, and because I have so many W twos anyways that like I don't really need. Uh, more than that at this point in my life yeah but um yeah it's it's very so like basically uh when you're a musician and you make money you can't just do one thing um and that's something that like i think i mean going to um conservatory uh my undergrad maybe not as much told me that but conservatory was just like you need to do like 50 things yeah. And yep. so like you better be okay with that. And if you're not okay with that, well then you're SOL. <laughs> right. Yeah, you and I have talked about this before because when I was at Juilliard, like they were they were in the very early stages of trying to push like entrepreneurial music courses. Yeah. And so I took a class um oh my goodness. I think it was like career skills for the the 21st century musician or something like that. Yeah. And they went over like basic web design, social media promotion, like how to um how to present your resume, creating a CV, going through a job interview, like things like that. Yeah. Um which actually turned out to probably be one of the most beneficial courses no, that's, that, I, yeah. that I took in my masters. Oh, for real. Um, and even within the woodwind department, like um we had this thing called um, Woodwind Department Seminar, and it was for all um, senior undergrads and first-year master's students. Yeah. And it was literally, like, um, basically, like, outside of orchestra, you know, like, how do you kind of survive? And so we had to learn how to teach master classes, like, so how good. to promote yourself as a teacher, how to promote yourself uh-huh. as a freelancer. Um, and we had like all of these New York area musicians come in who are kind of like, you know, experts in their field. So we heard from like a 
a Broadway musician and we heard from a college professor and we heard from, you know, just all of these people. Yeah. It's super fascinating, but literally like I, I almost feel bad now for people who, um, who didn't take that course or don't have the, um, yeah. the option to take something like that in their music studies. My undergrad definitely did not have that. Um, <laughs> but I had the same thing. It was called like, um, building your digital presence was one of the classes that I took. So you yep. learn how to like, you learn a lot about marketing in that class for an yeah. artist in general. And then there's also classes I took where it was like, um, they were like building a musical startup, which is about like music nonprofits, which we will yep. get to that and that topic a little bit later. But so like I, I took a lot of those courses and I mean, in the end, it got me a job in marketing in music. So, yeah. so like, it, it's one of those things where like, people think that if you're going to be a successful musician, and I'm doing air quotes, um, if you're going to be a successful musician, then you have to only do stuff with your instrument. And that's just like, one, it's not realistic for almost the majority of us. And it just isn't true to me. Yeah. Well, I think too, like one thing that I've realized, and I, I also understand that this is definitely like a time and place sort of thing, but, um, you know, in, well, just in general, I think, you know, like getting a master's degree in, in anything is an accomplishment. Yeah. And to get that far, you know, I think people kind of discredit like the amount of, um, determination and, um, just, you know, the, like the sacrifices that we make to make that happen. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, people will go into um, the professional world again with air quotes and think that they're not qualified for anything. But the reality is that so much of what we do as musicians has applicability to other areas. You know, I mean, like um, even just like working in a team environment, like people, I think that's something that classical musicians take for granted um and equally as well as just putting your ideas out there um you know as musicians we're always kind of putting our i mean we're putting ourselves out there a ton you know and we're putting ourselves out there to be judged and um talked about and people who go to college for um really anything else are maybe not so used to doing that at least not with the regularity that we are yeah, And so for us, you know, I think classical musicians, and there's no scientific evidence to back this up, at least not that I've seen, but I think, you know, if you're, uh, if you go for a degree in music, that you are probably more um, likely to have a, to have longevity in any career than someone who has maybe not done something in the arts. Yeah, anyways. I think musicians are like master multitaskers, because you have to be. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I mean, like, who else in college, you know, has to be disciplined enough to make themselves go into isolation for hours a day yeah. and focus on, like, <laughs> one thing, you know? I mean, it, yeah. like, no one else does that. I mean, people study, right? But they have but, study groups, and you can't really have practice groups, you know? Right. Well, and it's, yeah, it's definitely, like, with with that sort of thing, like, you're studying this predetermined material, but for... Um, for musicians, it's like we have that that um, curriculum that we have to study. But when it comes to your instrument and to your just musical being, I mean, like no no one has ever studied you before, right? Yeah. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's totally different experience, and I think people 
um, don't tap into that as much as they could for professional work. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. So with all of that, you know, with all the odd jobs, like how do you keep track of your money? Because I think like, I think that's one of the biggest learning curves I've found this past year of like leaving school. And, you know, I, I gigged while I was in school, but I never, you know, I didn't have like a set job where I, like I worked for money on the side. I just had loans. Right. Um, so, you know, it was kind of a learning curve for me to be like, this is what I, this is how, what I'm going to do. Like budgeting and blah, blah, blah. And the thing that is big with music is that sometimes you can't really account for your finances all the time. And like, it's one of those things where like, there's a couple of jobs that I have that, you know, I can always at the end of the pay period, every two weeks I can go, yes, I'm going to get this check. And, um, but there's some where I'm like, I think I'm going to get $700. And then sometimes you get $300. (laughs) And so, um, you know, just tell me your process and like what you, what you do, because, you know, I know what I do, but I'm interested in hearing what other people do. <laughs> right. You know, for me, I, fortunately I'm in a position now where I, I really don't have to worry about money. Um, I have a full-time job as, um, as a marketing professional for economic development, which sounds totally <laughs> odd. And that could be a whole other topic of how I got there in another podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that pays me enough to, to cover all of my expenses really. And then everything that I make from music is just, um, is in addition to that. But, you know, when I first got out of college, when I first moved to Montana, that was not the case. And so for me, it was, um, like, I think everyone kind of stumbles at first, Oh you yeah, know? like oh, yeah. you're going to miss payments on things. There's going to be time where you don't have the money to, um, you know, to pay all of your rent or to pay your credit card bill or your student loans or something like that. Um, and it sucks, but you know, it's those moments that really kind of force you to learn and to, to reprioritize. But for me, it was, um, like figuring out how much money I need to pay in a month total, right? Mm-hmm. And then there are certain there are certain bills that you can like coordinate with certain times. You know, like you don't like if you call your car insurance company and you want to pay your car insurance like the same day that you get direct deposited. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you know smart. you can do that as opposed to like you know when you're like if you if your car insurance payment is taken out like three days before the direct deposit hits when you're like already overdrafted, you know, (laughs) just things like that. (laughs) Right. But it's understanding. um, Yeah. Just understanding how much money you have to pay out. um, And then consequently, how much money you need to bring in, you know, and when do you need to bring it in? Yeah. I I do think for freelancers, it's tough because like you said, there are some gigs that, you know, if you're doing it with regularity, like teaching, you know, teaching is usually a pretty steady income, but, and same thing with orchestras, you know, if you're in an orchestra, like you can, especially here, you can count on a paycheck like once a month. Yeah. Um, But for anything else, you know, like you might get, you know, $10,000 during wedding season, but then you're going to go through the other nine months of the year where you're not making any money from weddings. So how do you distribute the money that you made from summer weddings over the entire year? And that's just something that takes practice. <laughs> yeah, it takes uh, financial practice. 
uh, yeah, I think yeah, that's definitely a big one. And like, I think everybody has a different budget. And I think so many people try to like, you know, you can go on Pinterest and be like, how to make a cute budget. Um, and it's like <laughs> hot pink and you know, you know what I'm talking about where oh, you're like, you're um, give me an exercise routine, um, right. go on Pinterest. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I think that those, while they're like helpful to see, I think they like don't work for anybody because everybody's budget is so different yeah. and everybody has to do different things. And so like, for me, with my situation right now, I moved back to Montana to be with family in some harder times and to help out around the house and, you know, and to just to be here for my family. And so do I have to pay rent? No, but, you know, but it's, I mean, I have to spend a lot of my time, you know, being with my family and helping out, which I love doing, but it's still like time is money. Mm-hmm. So um, while it's not directly like that's money, it, it is. Um, and I think, um, you know, but like, I was just in a car accident. I'm okay, everybody, but I was just in a car accident. And so like, I had to pay a deductible, you know, you have to, um, pray that your liability insurance will cover (laughs) anything. Um, and you know, stuff like that happens. And, you know, with my, my students, I always have like one or two students miss lessons every month. And so like, I always have to give or take like $100 with that. And so I can never and something that I do, like I bought an instrument as well this year. Um, Mm -hmm. So all so I have so with the youth orchestra money and the symphony money that I make, I keep that for me and any money I make teaching, I put at least half of it towards an instrument payment. So, so like, and if not, like if I make, sometimes if I have symphony gigs and I'm working in marketing and I got more than 20 hours and I had more for youth orchestra, then like, then I would put my whole, everything I make from teaching into that payment. So like, I, I have my own things where like you say, when you get a direct deposit, that's when you should take out your car payment. I mean, totally smart. Right. But, you know, for me, it's like every time I make my students pay tuition at the beginning of every month. And so then and then I deposit it all at the end of that week. And then I just write the check for my instrument payment. And then it's just like it wasn't even there. So because then it doesn't make you it doesn't. I always have to trick myself into thinking I don't have the money. So then when you see your bank account, you're like, oh, I do have the money. Yeah. No, I think that's super smart, though, is like whenever. Whenever you get money in, always, always pay your bills first, yeah. you know? I think it's so attractive to, um, you know, like, when you see, when you get, you know, like, 150, 200, 250, whatever, you know, however much you're charging for your monthly tuition for your students, um, which is smart, by the way, I, I have to say, don't ever let someone pay you lesson by lesson. <laughs> oh, no, because never, never. In a they get years. to choose when they show up. No, you, you want to get yeah. your money up front. And then if they miss lessons, have policies and procedures about how far in advance they have to cancel things like that. Because um, when I first started, you know, I would take money lesson by lesson and I would set aside the time. And like you said, time is money. And you know, I'd be sitting there and they would text me, you know, like 10 minutes before me like, oh, we're not going to make it today. And it's like, well, I already set aside this hour of your time. And this is something that yeah. I probably could have been more productive with, you know, so then I switched to upfront 
And lo and behold, people stop missing so many lessons. Kind of interesting uh, how that works. Yeah. Well, and I think people <laughs> respect that when you set boundaries, which is like yes. a human nature thing. People, like, if you give an inch, people take a mile. Like, it just yes. is. And, you know, I think as a passive musician, you're just going to fail. Like, yeah. if you, like, you have to be aggressive in so many ways. And you don't have to be like, give me your money. Like, you don't have to be mean, but you just have to say, you have to hold yourself to a high standard and respect yourself. Like people, when it comes to money, people like think they're worth like less than a hay penny. Like it's, yeah, it's bonkers to me. It's true. I remember being so nervous. Like there would be some times where, um, you know, it'd be like the end of the lesson, you know, and it's like the first of the month. And, um, you'll go in and talk to the parent, like this is how the lesson went. And they haven't written the check yet. You know, and just being so nervous to be like, um, oh, and by the way, uh, I think you uh, still owe me some money, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I would get so nervous about it. And it was just something that I had to get over. And, you know, now it's just like, hey, you know, just a reminder, money. it's the first <laughs> of the month. Yeah. And I, I just, I need to make sure that I have the check, um, you know, today. Otherwise, you know, next, next lesson is not going to happen. And rarely do people like clutch their pearls over that you know they're, it's usually like a <gasps> right you know usually people are like oh i'm so sorry you know yeah, yeah i just i left my checkbook in the car or something like that but yeah as musicians i think at least for me i was so used to not having money that for me talking about money was like a weird Taboo. thing to do that's so yeah. funny that's interesting see that's a good way of putting it that's a very good way of putting it that i haven't thought about right but like if you if you want to make money you're gonna have to get over it real fast yeah well <laughs> now like before i was nervous like you and now i like send email or text invoices where i say i show I do the I, invoice as well yeah and, and it's just one of those things where it's just like it's professional people respect it and they say like oh like i can see your time and blah, blah, blah. And when, like, it's so interesting when you can, like, just break it down for somebody, how they're just like, oh, here's my money. Yeah. Like, it, it's so simple, and I think everybody needs to do it. But, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so, so fascinating. Do you, yeah. another, another, another question. Do you use, like, any apps for, like, finances or budgeting? Or are you a physical person, or do you do Excel spreadsheets? Like, what do you do? Right. Um, so my partner and I, um, well, now we have an interesting arrangement because I, I make, um, I make significantly more money than he does. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's not shady or anything, but, um, so now, you know, like we, we split our finances kind of proportionate to the money that we make, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so I'm paying like basically 70% of the bills. Um, because that's when we pull our money together, my income makes up about 70%. Um, that's actually really smart. I didn't, I would never have thought of that. Yeah. But you know, back when we were making about the same amount, we split everything 50, 50. And so between the two of us, we had like a, a shared Google spreadsheet. Um, and so if he paid a bill, he would just log it in. If I paid a bill, I would log it in. And then at the end of the month, we would kind of see how it reconciled and see if anyone, you know, if one person owed the other person money after everything came yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so there was that. Um, there are a couple, I've definitely done just like Excel spreadsheets before. Um, 
There is an app called Mint. I use that. That I use. I yeah. love it. I think everybody yeah. should download it. Sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but you can like you can prioritize um, how much money you want to spend in certain areas per month, and Mint will like keep track of your spending. Um, the thing. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that. this was a super busy month, and so I just got an email from Mint yesterday that was like, "You spent like a gajillion dollars on food this month." <laughs> And you're like, shut up, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I was hungry. No, for me, Mint always tells me, like, you spent this much on alcohol. And I'm like, it's because I don't drink ever, Mint. I'm like, come on. Like, I had yeah. wine, like, twice this month. And you're like, oh, look at you. You spent so much money on alcohol. Right. Mint I'm is like, pretty good at shaming. But, you I know, know, but, but it works. You need <laughs> um, no, I, no. And I, so I really like, um, the budgets because it like sees your spending and then and so then it creates a budget that's like in the ballpark for like the stuff that you buy and and it's that's what i think is the genius part about it because i like looked at the budget when i first got it i looked at the budgets it created for me and it's like it's changed throughout the time and like it just shows like what your priorities are and like you know, I have a lot of offline bills that you can add, so you don't need to just, like... Because I have, like, zero, like, actual online... But it's so annoying. Oh, praise <laughs> you. I have yeah. so many electronic bills. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty lucky in that, in that. But like I said, I have, I have time... Time is money bills. Um, so I... Where was I going with that? Oh, um, so like you can, you can see that it doesn't shame you for like, everybody has that thing that they just like, they do not compromise on. Like, mm-hmm. they're just like, for me, it's a latte. I'm always going to get a latte. Oh yes. And so like, it makes my coffee budget higher, but it is so like, I can see how much I actually spend, which is actually much less than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> right. Um, and now like, I'm kind of a coffee snob. But now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, hey, Starbucks has the best reward, so I'm just going to go to Starbucks as much as I can. Um, <laughs> I literally get a Starbucks reward like once a week. <laughs> I know, I know. And like, I shamelessly spend money there. <laughs> I know, I know. Because, well, like, it's a good deal, and you get a lot of free stuff. And yes. so, like, and it's one of those things where, like, yes, I'm a coffee snob, but if I go to, like, Portland or if I go to San Francisco, of course I'm going to go to independent coffee shops. I'm not going to go to Starbucks all the time. Right. But, um so yeah, so I I do like and for for another one for me is clothes. <laughs> like yes. it gives me it gives me a two hundred dollar budget for clothes every month. I'm like you get me so hard. Because <laughs> um, like when I see a t shirt that I want, I'm gonna buy it, and it's it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I uh, so I have a, a <laughs> second career as a drag queen on the side, and my <laughs> my like clothes budget is always through the roof. <laughs> and you're like. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> right. Well, because I, you know, I like I make the money from performances, and it's usually a couple hundred bucks. Um, so I'll put that in, but then I'll always spend it, and I'll usually spend more, more. than what I bring in. It's a problem. Drag queen um, problems, <laughs> right there. <laughs> but then Mint's always like, mm. yeah, they're <laughs> you like spend um, a lot of money on clothes. Like, did you need the extra hundred rhinestones? Right. <laughs> I don't think I don't think so. The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is always yes. They're all over my iPhone. Fight me about it. Right. <laughs> um, I I just recently got this like iPhone. You know Pop Socket. 
um, they yes. came out with a pop wallet. So now, Ooh. so now it's like I'll show you. We're on Skype right now, everybody. So I'm going to show Tyler this, right. like the pop wallet. So give me, also, give me, a, pop give me a second. Sponsor us. Pop, pop wallet, sponsor me. I lived in California. Sponsor me. <laughs> um, but it's like a wallet like that, and you oh push goodness. this thing up, and okay. and <gasps> like your cards are there, and it it's like elastic, so you can fit more. Oh my gosh! And if you're a wireless charger person like me. Um, mm-hmm. you can pop it off and then you can oh. charge wirelessly. So, um, yeah, so it's pretty rad. It has to do with money, I swear. And this is music related, right? <laughs> um, but it's, it's really, it, why was I talking about this again? I don't know. Uh, it's nice. Um, but I use, I use like Apple pay for everything because I'm so California. Um, oh my gosh. See, Billings has that capability. I think there are maybe like three places in Great Falls that have oh, Apple Pay. Oh yeah, that sucks. I, I use Apple Pay almost, almost everywhere. Almost everywhere. Yeah. And I think like the grocery store has it and the end. <laughs> and uh, the end. Thanks, Albertsons. Sponsor us. <laughs> um, so I do you use any other apps? Because there's one more app that I use that I will talk about. Uh, I don't really, besides, so I have a Discover credit card, and I use that, and it gives me free credit reports, which my credit is awesome, in case anyone was wondering. Ooh, ooh, my credit's (laughs) good, too. I just checked it, and it's like, my credit score right now is 700. It's just... 752. Suck it. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, but I, I, it's never been an even number for me. It's just, like, 700. I'm like... I'm not mad about 700 that. 700 is an even number. Well, I, okay, okay. <laughs> you jerk. Um, it like, is divisible like, by something. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a divisible by my fist in your face. Um, I, promoting violence I'm promoting. since 2019. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. It's never been just like clean, like, no no weird number so so it doesn't matter okay we're moving on we're moving on cringe we're cringing um so i use the app acorns oh i used that a long time ago but i got rid of it when i started using mint see i just use so i i just use it because you set it and forget it like a crock pot yes so and i have a high um, a high interest savings account too, where I get like two point three percent. I think is what it is for oh me. Oh my god! How? Because uh, I'm a genius. Mine is um, literally like I get one cent a month. Are you kidding? I and get, I like I, I get, have thousands of dollars <laughs> in get, one of my bank accounts, oh, and sucks. I get one cent of interest. I get I get like three dollars. Uh, uh, what where what bank do you use? Wells Fargo, it's literally the only option in Montana. Well, no, I don't. So, like, have you thought about doing it? See, now we're having, like, a financial meeting here, guys. Um, Mine is through American Express. And so I only do all my savings online. And so, yeah, so you can, like, TD Ameritrade has very high interest. Like, do it. Like, get out of the... Yeah, but what if you need to get money from an ATM? Do you always pay ATM fees? uh, I just don't. I see, like, I don't even touch it. I leave enough on my debit card 
and I always pay off my credit. So then I can just put money in there and then I just don't even think about it. I don't have a card or anything. So then it just accrues interest. So then I'm just like, money. But that's the system that works for me. Um, But I get 2.3% interest. So, Uh Um, but back to Acorn, back to Acorn, you basically, it rounds up your purchases and you can choose how it rounds up your purchases. And then every time you're rounded up purchases equal, equal um, $5, uh, then they invest it for you, and then you kind of just watch it. And then, based on your like financial profile, it's like very student friendly and very people who are just starting out with investing. Yep. Like I'm at a moderate thing where I'm not like super conservative, where I just put the money and it just sits there. But I'm not aggressive, so like they don't just like spend all my money and then go like, oh, we lost it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so investing is also very important, and so like stash is another one. Um, I just think you have to be a business person when you're when you're a musician, and if you can make like three dollars by literally having your money in a bank right. account, why aren't you doing that? <laughs> See, my thing was like I had acorns for probably like two years, and I was the same. I was like I was moderate, um, and I maybe made like five dollars over the course of two years, so it wasn't huge. But at the same time, like just just over two years by rounding my purchases up, I probably had like eight, nine hundred dollars yeah. stashed away. Yeah. And it, it's yeah. it's like it say like it just shows you like that you don't need to like uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a good app. So download mint acorns and or stash and get a high yield percentage, whatever interest. There we go. <laughs> Words <laughs> uh, savings account. Um but uh so like it's around see we're running we're running a little low on time so let's talk about one more thing okay um my cheek just touched the microphone and it was very cold (laughs) (laughs) in case anyone was wondering in case anybody was wondering it was very weird i felt i felt very uncomfortable for a second um (laughs) so i think the last thing i want to talk about grant writing oh okay Um, even though now like, why is that why is that i just finished writing when um so i think a lot of musicians and this i think ugh, there's a big misconception about grants in my opinion um and i think a lot of musicians think if they start a nonprofit organization um like a 501c3 or anything mm-hmm. they think that applying for a grant will give them enough money to do their project and um, I know a few people who are of this opinion, and I think yeah. grant while grant writing is crucial in any nonprofit organization, like you need it um, m- most of the time, not all the time, but we'll talk about that. I think that um, you know you just don't know how much you're going to get from a grant. Yes, you and I don't think people people just think like they see like oh you can win up to not win you can win up to fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> on the prices right um but I you know I just applied for a grant that was either you win seven hundred fifty dollars or fifteen thousand oh. dollars so like you know you're probably not going to get $15,000, but everybody right. sees the big number and they're like, Oh, I could get that. It's like a lottery. 
And like, you can be a great grant writer and have a great purpose, but like, you know, they have other people applying for the grant that they're going to get money to. And you have to jump through like 50,000 hoops after you receive the grant to show that you did what you set out to do. Right. Um, which is also a pain in the butt. Um, so I think I, grant writing is a lot like what we were talking about earlier with freelancing. Like, if you apply for enough grants, like you're gonna get money. Oh yeah, know? absolutely. But what money and how much and how it's funded and things like that is like totally kind of up to chance sometimes. Um, but I also think too, like I've been I've been on both ends. I've I've written grants before. Um, and I've also been on the side of like the committee that reviews grant proposals. Um, and I'll tell you that most of the time, like, um, so grants, like grants are, are free money sort of, but most of the grant proposals that I go towards are people who, um, will have some sort of funding in place to show that their project is going to be able to move forward regardless. Yeah. And that your grant is, is just a supplement. Right. Um, because if you, if you choose someone who is relying like totally on grant funding, um, then either they have an amazing project that just needs to be funded or there is just an ignorant committee who isn't looking at longevity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I, so I've, I've, participated in grant writing like been part of committees to like read over them and help with them and i've also written a couple of my own and you know i i think that you know they're they're crucial to to like network in a way to show that like your organization exists to these people yes but i think a lot of nonprofit organizations don't realize that especially for musicians who are, we're all very socially awkward in some way, shape or form that the most important thing is donor and staff relationship. Like, you know, get people who talk to people, connect with your community and get people who are as inspired as you are about your project and, you know, receive a donation that way. And maintaining that relationship will get you so much more money and so much more longevity than writing a grant and then having somebody like poop on it. Yeah, no, it's true. Like most grants will allow you to submit letters of support. Yeah. Um, and just reaching out to like partner organizations for a letter of support and letting them know about your project like that. That will do as much for you as winning the grant. Right. Because. Yeah. Especially in Montana, like oh, yeah. we are such oh, yeah. a word of mouth state that, um, you know, if someone else finds out about this, um, even if it's an existing initiative, you know, just like really hammering the point home, or if you're starting a new initiative, like those are things where it can get picked up by the press, you know, the press will inform a large number of people, or if you're, you know, reaching out to the right organization, they can help you make connections with people. And it's the same thing, like you might get the money just through that and then you also might win the the grant you yeah, know and exactly. so yeah it's totally just 
I, I agree. Grant, like grant writing and just the whole process is as much about networking as it is about putting mm-hmm. pen to paper. Yeah. And as the executive director of Billings Youth Orchestra, I send out an ask, ask letter for donations every like December. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we send it out to our mailing list and then we get like the net earning that we get is like a thousand dollars just for sending a letter. And, yep. you know, it's, you know, it's, it's just those things that like, I, you know, grant for the, or for the youth orchestra, we do not participate in grant writing at this time because we feel like we just don't have the finances and the time to really dedicate to just like funding a project and then getting the grant to also help. Like, yeah. like I said, um, I mean, we're not, we're in the black, so that doesn't. Right. Well, work, and I think but. People, some people don't realize that like, I mean, I work for an organization. We have literally paid someone $25,000 to write a grant for us before. Yeah. It takes a lot of Mind time. You, I mean, it was like, it was a $2.2 million grant, but you know, so <laughs> if we award the grant, a lot of times you can write off the expenses and administrative costs, but. I mean, there is there is some serious money that gets put into just the writing portion of grants. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, like, the youth orchestra makes money on tuition and donations and ticket sales. And, you know, we have our own fundraisers that we do. And we decided as an organization, which is part of our mission, to fundraise through music. Like, we don't sell popcorn or blah, blah, blah. You know, we do we gig because that's the skill that these students are learning. Right. And so, you know, we we donate our music for, you know, all of that. So, I mean, we could go on and on and on about grant writing and all of this stuff. But uh, be smart with your money, kids. (laughs) Right. If we could recap what we talked about in like three sentences, what would we say? Uh... Make a budget. <laughs> yeah. Know your finances. Um, make a budget. Know your worth. Know, know your worth something. Gosh darn it. <laughs> and um, always give yourself a treat. Budget for yeah. your treat. Give yourself that latte. Get yourself those dry clothes. Get, your, like, get yourself right. a rhinestone <laughs> phone case. It's okay. Budget for that. Yep. Take care of yourself. All of that. But I think we're like out of time for this episode because it's, yeah, yeah. So we usually have to keep it to like 45 minutes, but sometimes we just get like, we just like, we just get rolling. (laughs) So anyways, we'll see. We'll see you next time, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, ladies and men and non-binary friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of Symphony Sit Down. If you have any requests for future episodes, comment below or send us a message on our Facebook or Instagram. If you're interested in sponsoring Symphony Sit Down, send us an email at symphonysitdown at gmail.com. And as always, like this episode and make sure to subscribe and share with your friends. We upload a new episode every other week. Take care and have a wonderful day. Musically yours, Sam and Tyler.